You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about the all-powerful sales and marketing tech stack, how to make sense of it, optimize it, understand it, when it should be helpful, and when it can be a negative impact. In order to help us today, we have with us Asia Hockhauser, VP of Sales at for Maga.io. Asia, thank you so much for taking the time and welcome to the show. Hey Chad, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Yeah, so we always like to start with um, kind of off the wall question, so the audience gets to know you a little bit better. And I'm just curious to know something that you're passionate about that those that may only know you through work might be surprised to learn about you. Sure. So I'm an extreme extreme sports nut. Uh, love to surf. Love uh, grew up skateboarding. Still follow along with a lot of those types of things. So yeah, I think that's one thing people don't, uh, of, don't, ex- don't expect when they uh, talk to me in the professional world. <laughs> and so there are a lot of broken bones. I've been lucky enough. My mom made me drink a lot of milk growing up. <laughs> <laughs> so I only have one broken bone my entire life. Nice. That That is a record. The extreme sports people I know, they probably got more metal in them. I probably set off the uh, metal detector at the airport. So I'm glad yeah. to hear that, that you've been safe with that. Yeah, I, I gravitated towards surfing rather young, so kind of helped out there, I guess, eliminate the odds of breaking breaking too many. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> All right, so let's talk tech stack. So as we were preparing for the interview and sending stuff back and forth, there was an interesting phrase that jumped out of me, sales education before sales tech. And I wanted to dive into that a little and see if you could share your, kind of your perspective and what that means. Yeah, for sure. So I think what a lot of... Ha- Times happens, you know, when you're thinking about tech or even just bringing on new hires and, and releasing them to start doing sales is we don't put in the groundwork to make sure that they're successful. And so when I think about education, sales education before sales tech, I think about things like making sure that we understand who our buyer is inside and out. And can really, you know, if you're going to accelerate something via tech, then you want to accelerate the right thing, right? So I'm a big believer both from a, you know, from a technology perspective, but even just, you know, anyone that's joining a team to make sure that they are ramped up from a, a buyer persona perspective and really understand that and, uh, you know, the product and things like that before you can really, really accelerate things. So. That's what I mean by that. So, and so we're talking about educating ourselves on the market, the ICP, uh, kind of the parameters of where we will be prospecting, selling, upselling, all of that stuff, really understanding kind of the target before we just start cobbling together a bunch of tech. Is that a fair assessment? That's exactly right. You know, and even more so than the, just the ICP. I mean, we can all get a document and kind of read that and memorize it. But really, what are the ins and outs of uh, the person that you're going to be selling to, what is their day to day? What pain points are they feeling? And, you know, then you break it down by personas and, uh, you know, executive versus, you know, the person that's in the weeds doing the work, you know, all that stuff impacts, you know, your, the way you're going to go do things. And if you don't have a really good understanding of that, then, you know, that's going to set you up for failure. Absolutely. And so there's a lot of companies out there that invest 
a, a ridiculous amount of money in their tech stack. And there's a whole bunch, I mean, the, what do they call it? The MarTech 5000. And I think we passed 5000 like two minutes after they named it that. Um, yeah, 8, <laughs> is it eight? Jeez. Yeah. And two more companies have been founded since we started talking. And yeah. so <laughs> when we think about it, you know, what are some of the mistakes that you've seen companies make when approaching the design and development of their tech stack that, that we want them to be aware of so they can avoid them in the future? Yeah, uh, so it's funny. I remember when Scott Brinker released uh, that super infographic and there was just a couple hundred technologies in it. So I've seen it grow drastically. And um, kind of the same things you know, I consistently see is that companies are often not buying a, pro- a tech technology because it maps back to one of their goals. You know, maybe they meet a really good salesperson, you know, that they're chasing a shiny object, they think about just like what could be with it rather than really thinking about what their goals are and what do they need to achieve their goals. And then the second thing is just like we just kind of touched on is like accelerating bad processes. You put a tool in place without a good strategy behind it, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. That's something that I've seen happen quite often and why a lot of uh, companies don't uh, see ROI from the technologies that they do implement. And when you're thinking about the tech stack, I think if I remember last time I saw the MarTech image, it kind of groups them into different categories or, or subdivisions. I'm curious when you think about the tech stack as a whole, everything from CRM on up, are there ways that you kind of segment the different types of technologies? Like this one's more for prospecting. This is more for, you know, customer relation management. This is more for account planning, or is there a different way of helping our audience kind of organize, visualize in their head, kind of the, where these pieces of technology might lie along the revenue funnel? Yeah. So I think you can absolutely think about things in their core, you know, categories, like you have CRM, you have marketing automation, you have uh, sales acceleration, you have analytics, right? So you're always going to have those things. But uh, really what I like to say, and then you can even break it down by where does it fit in the funnel, right? What's, where is it going to make sense to, to plug it in and execute? But what I like to really think about is like, how do we get beyond these categories and start to think about things holistically? So the companies that are getting the most ROI from their stack are the ones that are able to integrate appropriately and start to think about things across the department, across the funnel, and look at it from a 360 view. And really start when you start to do that, then it starts to eliminate those categories that you talk of, and it's just your stack, and it's just the revenue that you're generating via the stack. So that's ideally where you know I've changed my mindset from breaking things down into categories and really thinking about integration. I love it. I love it. And so um, what, another one of the things I saw in kind of the prep material was this, you know, every, anybody who's been paying attention, seeing the massive explosion in MarTech, we've kind of, you know, talked about it from 82 to 8,000 or whatever it is now. Are there, is there something from that explosion that sales leaders could take away or learn from? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, something that I was fortunate or unfortunate for them, fortunate for me, you know, selling MarTech for a while now, is that uh, you know a lot of companies were and buyers are going out and buying things without thinking about some of the things that really are table stakes and you know one thing that comes to mind top of top of that list is just the team who's actually going to be needed to make sure this platform works well for you. I was uh, going through a, a, a sales engagement tools onboarding program one time, and uh, you know they said that you needed 
five different people just to manage their technology to its fullest extent. And I think uh, a lot of times people really underestimate that. So what is a team that's going to make sure that you are using it correctly to its fullest ability? Does it need a designer? And you know, is it a tool that's meant to relieve you from designers, but you still need to really have a designer in there, right? Um, so really doing the evaluation to understand that um, is, is a big one. I also think, you know, uh, integration, like thinking about things, how is it going to integrate across the entire stack is something that often isn't, isn't thought about. And then, uh, you know, what is, what is the workflow going to look like once it is stood up, right? How is this going to change things internally in the way people are doing their day-to-day jobs? Is it, uh, what kind of training and what kind of change management is it going to require? The best buyers are the ones that are thinking about these things. And you know, when I hear uh, someone looking to buy a technology and they're not asking these types of questions, I think it throws up a lot of red flags. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so when we think about, you know, we live in an environment of constant change. I mean, and I'm not for once actually referencing the, the pandemic. We, nobody saw that coming. Um, <laughs> and so when we think about just kind of the speed at which business changes or technology evolves, or even regulatory environments change, you know, privacy data trends, consumer privacy or California Consumer Privacy and Protection Act, GDPR, um, all of these things impact kind of what tech stacks can and can't do the Google making the decision about cookies and we see the rise in CDPs. So that's kind of current state. When you look, say, into the next year, and I, I always hate saying this now because we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. But what do you see on the horizon for, for tech trends in the MarTech or sales tech space? Yeah, I think there's just this tremendous opportunity to finally get things right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, like you said, there's been such an explosion of tech. And I think I do get the sense that, uh, you know, people are starting to get it. They're starting to understand, like, what is it going to take to be successful? And I think this does come back to data. Um, and like you said, we got the elimination of the cookie. A lot of folks are looking to how can they capture more first party data? Um, and what can they do with that? So I think if you if you can really start to understand how to capture and use data and do it in a way that is holistic and connected people are understand starting to understand the value of that how to do it it's just really hard to do so but the first thing i think is just understanding now companies are going to actually start to to really use data in in a in a powerful way i think we're we're close to getting there, and it's it's been a I think a a promise that we've been waiting uh, to fulfill for many years now. <laughs> yeah, I could not agree more with that statement. All right, so now tell us a little bit more about um, Macaw.io and and your journey and how you how you arrived there. What do you all do, and and how did you end up where you're at now? Yeah, for sure. So Macaw.io is a marketing technology and analytics uh, consultancy. We help companies choose the right marketing technologies and sales technologies, implement those technologies, integrate the technologies, and execute uh, growth strategies. Um, I ended up here uh, because I've been in the marketing technology and sales technology space for about 13 years. I was actually at Scott Brinker's uh, founding company, Ion Interactive, as the head of sales for five years. And that's really where I cut my teeth in tech. And then was also head of sales at a company called Linux Academy and you know helped integrate a lot of the systems that were uh, being put in place at Linux Academy as a head of sales that ultimately got acquired by another company called A Cloud Guru, who's now part of a uh, plural site. So just being in and around it, I eventually met Dan 
uh, Maga, the CEO, founder of uh, Maga.io, and uh, jumped at the chance to join an agency that can really solve a big problem across across many companies, and that being the stack. Yeah, very. That's a very cool journey. Very cool journey. All right, so let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests kind of two standard questions towards the end of each interview. The first is simply, as a VP of sales, that makes you a prospect for a lot of people. And so I'm always curious to know if somebody doesn't have a referral into you, a trusted referral into you, what works for you when somebody's trying to capture your attention and earn the right to time on your calendar? So I believe that a big opportunity that a lot of salespeople aren't using, and I understand why, is voicemail. If someone leaves me a solid voicemail, if they get my number, and I do put my cell phone number in some forms, just because it's the only number I know, you know, I, I think a good solid voicemail and then a, a follow-up strategy can be really impactful. And I just don't get any. I see my, I have my phone on silence. Like If the number is not in my phone, then it just... It, just silences it all automatically, but it gives you an opportunity to leave a voicemail. And I listen to a voicemail if, if someone leave, leaves it. Curiosity, I guess. And if someone is tailoring a voicemail to me and it sounds somewhat compelling and then follows up after that, I'm probably going to engage with them. <laughs> nice. Voicemail is, I think, underutilized. Do you actually do you listen to it or do you read the transcription or both? Well, definitely. If the transcription works well, then I'll definitely read it. And then I'll also listen to it. It kind of plays at the same time as I'm reading it. So I'll kind of pull it up to my ear as I'm reading it sometimes. But yeah, uh, I just think it's underutilized. You know, coming from the world where all you were doing was phone when I first started in sales, you know, it was tiring to leave voicemail after voicemail. Now no one's doing it. So it's, I right. think it's, uh, there's some greenfield there. I love it. All right. So last question, we call it our acceleration insight. If you could give one piece of advice to sales marketing or professional services people, one piece of advice that if they listen to you believe would help them hit or exceed their targets, what would it be and why? Yeah, I think just understanding the buyer is so, so important. If you understand the buyer, you're going to be able to build trust with them very quickly. I think trust is one of the main uh, you know, things that have, you know, get people to buy from you, they have to trust you. And it also builds confidence in yourself, right? If you understand the buyer and you can build trust with them, then you're going to have confidence. And if you can build trust with the buyer quickly and you're confident in your delivery, the world is your oyster, I believe. <laughs> I love it. All right. So if a listener is interested in talking more about these topics or learning more about uh, Macaw.io, specific places you want us to send them? Yeah, I'd say I'm uh, most active on LinkedIn, so you can reach out to me there, Stacey Hawkhauser. And then Magada.io, we create a ton of free tools to help manage the uh, tech stack. So check out the website and definitely you know, grab some of those tools. We have a stack builder where you can visualize your tech stack. We have some uh, A-B testing calculators, some spreadsheets to help manage things. So a ton of free content tools over there to help you out. So I definitely recommend checking those out. Excellent. Hey, I can't thank you, man, for being on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me, Chad. It was a pleasure. All right, everybody. That does it for this episode. You know the drill. B2Brevexec.com. Share it with friends, family, coworkers. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you hear. And until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.